Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Monday, December 5th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes from San Diego at the baseball winter meetings. Uh, Hoynesy out there, uh, a little bit foggy in the morning right now, but hopefully the fog clears up and, and uh, uh, the, the fog over this uh, free agency period uh, clears up and, and we start seeing some some signings and some trades and some moves, huh? Yeah, definitely, Joe. This is really kind of the first full day of the meetings. Uh, you know, everyone was kind of getting into town uh, yesterday on Sunday. You know, although, you know, there, there was some news, obviously, with the Hall of Fame. But, uh, but uh, you know, I think now things will pick up and we'll see, you know, where some of these big free agents are going and uh, big name free agents and whether or not the uh, Guardians, uh, you know, can make a move here. We'll get into the uh, the trades and the um, uh, signings or uh, free agency here in a second. Uh, but you did mention the Hall of Fame. The modern era of baseball uh, committee uh, did meet yesterday, uh, Sunday, and they elected one new member to the Hall of Fame. Uh, there was an eight-member uh, finalists list, and among those was former Cleveland outfielder Albert Bell. Uh, he did not make the Hall of Fame. Uh, however... Uh, somebody, uh, t- you know, who had a, a connection there to the Guardian or to to, to Cleveland, uh, Fred McGriff, who won a World Series in 1995 against Cleveland uh, for Atlanta. Uh, Fred McGriff is is you know, he and his 493 home runs are headed to Cooperstown uh, in the summer. Uh, the crime dog uh, certainly deserving of, uh, of the nod to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he uh, was a unanimous pick of the, uh, you know, 16-member committee that uh, voted on uh, the eight players, uh, you know, slash line of 284, 377, 509, <clears throat> played 19 seasons, Joe, uh, and like you said, 493 home runs, you know, without the, uh, you know, strike-shortened seasons of 94, 95, almost assuredly would have reached 500, and uh, 303 lifetime hitter in the postseason. Uh, and, uh, of course, he helped Atlanta win its, what, second World Series? <laughs> first first of two World Series. And, of course, it was against Cleveland. Yeah, uh, and, and and Tommy Mansky is uh, somewhere looking down and, and smiling <laughs> at, at Fred McGriff. Of course, uh, Fred McGriff 
famous for those commercials you'd see uh, in between uh, innings of a of a Guardians game, uh, you know, or a, a baseball game here in Cleveland. Uh, the the baseball skills teaching young kids how to throw throw balls from the outfield into garbage cans and and all the drills that uh, that that make uh, travel ball parents pull their hair out. Uh, Fred McGriff certainly a, a guy who's like you said, 19 seasons. That's a, that's a long time to play in the big leagues, uh, and he he would have definitely hit that magic number of 500 home runs, uh, and and really just you know. It, it, in terms of the guys who were on the list who who the committee could have selected, Fred McGriff, uh, impeccable character, impeccable, uh, you know, career, and it's sort of an obvious choice. Uh, Dale Murphy, Don Mattingly also coming close, but not getting enough votes from the committee uh, to make it in. But the big news here really is that uh, guys who were on the list like uh, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, and Kurt Schilling, along with Albert Bell, uh, unfortunately, uh, did not get uh, even close to the number of votes uh, necessary to be elected. Yeah, this was, uh, you know, more than, almost more than McGriff getting in. This was a uh, kind of a referendum on uh, the steroid era and um, what, uh, you know, players uh, like Bonds and Clemens, Rafael Palmero was on this uh was was on this eight man ballot as well, and what the uphill battle they face in in the years to come in getting into the Hall of Fame, and we're talking about you know three of the most accomplished players in baseball history: uh, Bonds with the most home runs in history, uh, Clemens with 354 wins and seven Cy Youngs, Palmero only one of six guys to hit you know 3,000 hits and and 500 home runs. And uh, they didn't get four. Vo- they didn't even get four votes, Joe. And um, you know who knows? Uh, the next time uh, you know the contemporary era committee votes on players whose impact came, you know, after 1980, will be in in uh, 2025 for the 2026 induction. And we don't even know if these guys will be on that ballot. So. Uh, a tough, you know, just, uh, you know, it wasn't just the writers here. You know, I think mm-hmm. that's that's what it confirms. You know, uh, Palmero only stayed four years on the BBWA ballot. Uh, Clemens and 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 Bonds were, were, you know, went the full full 10 years on the ballot, but never got more than, you know, 67 percent of the vote, I want to say. Uh, so, you know, and, and this committee that voted, they were made up of, you know, those guys' peers, you know, not, you know, some, you know, I think four or five, you know, six, probably six Hall of Famers, players, executives, and uh, only three uh, three writers slash historians. So, you know, where do they go from here, Joe? It's It was uh, it was a fascinating uh, ballot for, to, to me. Yeah, I, I mean, the thing here is that they were they just came off the writer's ballot. They they had just been on and 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 fallen off the ballot uh, in, in terms of Bonds and Clemens and, and Schilling, I believe, uh, in, in the most recent uh, vote last year. So this was sort of like uh, a, a litmus test, a follow up to that. Uh, you know, if, if they garnered some sort of support from uh, this era committee, then you might have thought that there was a, a chance that somewhere in, in the next cycle they'd be able to get in. Uh, now, like you said, it, it I, I don't I don't even know if they might even be nominated uh, for the next time around. Uh, 
like you said, the list of, of voters in, on this panel, the 16-member panel, included uh, Hall of Fame members. Uh, I, I believe Chipper Jones was a, was last minute was replaced by by someone. I'm not sure who. Yeah, Der, uh, an executive, Derek Hall, I think, from Miami. Okay, okay. but, uh, you know, there were a bunch of, of Hall of Fame members on there. And, uh, you know, it's... Uh, famously, every year you would get a, a an email from used to get from uh, I believe Joe Morgan would would send it out and say, hey, you know, we don't want these guys in the Hall of Fame as as Hall of Famers. Uh, so it it might have just been that group in in terms of the discussion and the and the debate over these candidates. Uh, those guys stepping forward for the most part and saying, hey, uh, you know, let's let's focus our energies on uh McGriff and and Mattingly and and Murphy because because these guys don't have any of those questions about character or anything like that and and you saw how the voting went yeah definitely and um you know I thought um you know I Albert and uh Albert Bell and uh Schilling you know no connection with steroids you know that Mm -hmm. we know of uh but uh you know they're kind of uh kind of, you know, loose cannons, you know, and, and they did not, you know, Schilling got some votes. I think Schilling will get in. You know, I think uh, he should have been in if he kept his mouth shut. You know, the writers would have put him in. He had, what, over 71% of the vote in 2021. Then he said he wanted to get taken off the ballot and and uh, the, the Hall of Fame wouldn't let him get taken off the ballot, but he only got 58% of the vote last year in his final year of eligibility. Bell, I, Joe, I you know, I look at his numbers and I think, you know, he, he's got a 10-year span there where he was, you know, one of the most dominant hitters in, in baseball. But his personality, he just he just irritated so many people. And, you know, what he did on and off the field wasn't great. But uh, if, if you're looking in a vacuum, you know, I think it's hard to say he's not a Hall of Famer. But, you know, it's more, you know, it's more than that, I guess. You know, the yeah. vote. It, especially in in Cleveland, where we we saw the best of him and we saw his most dominant, uh, and and we sort of looked past all of the off field stuff, and and you know we certainly knew about it and and wrote about it and read about it and all that, but uh, you know we kind of know that his, the opinion of him that's out there is not not great, uh, and and he earned that. He 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 put many hours into cultivating that, uh, you know, terrible relationship with, with the media. And it, it must've extended over into, uh, fellow hall or other hall of famers and, and executives who, who, who knew about him, uh, you know, in, in the years since he's retired, uh, he's, he hasn't kept his, himself out of the news, uh, with, with other incidents, uh, that have, that have popped up. But again, you talk to the guy and there are times when, you talk to him and and he's just you know approachable and and fine and 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 has a real good uh, you know insight about stuff. I I'd, I'd love to just sit and talk hitting with him, but you know that's not enough right now. You kind of have to have that that character to be a Hall of Famer, and and apparently the the committee doesn't view Albert Bell as you know high enough character to also get in uh, on on this vote. Yeah, and I, you know, I'm thinking, you know, it, with uh, the next time this ballot, th- this committee votes, maybe a guy like Kenny Lofton will get, you know, get selected by, you know, the BBWA Historical Committee that puts together the ballot, and maybe, you know, he'll get some consideration. You know, this was Albert's second time on a, on a short ballot. Um, 
you know what? I, I think, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm sure I would like to see his name come up again, but, uh, you know, it might be time to uh, look at some different, you know, other players that, you know, didn't make it on, uh, on the writer's ballot. Is there any other player, uh, hitter or pitcher or, or anyone from the, that, uh, you know, mid nineties era, uh, Cleveland team that, that you think it, besides Bell and Lofton, who I think all of us think, you know, are, are definitely worthy candidates. Anybody else who you think is getting snubbed, uh, even like a, a pitcher right now, who's, who's not getting a look. Yeah, you know, I think, uh, you know, to me, Oral Hershiser and Dennis Martinez went, came off the ballot much too soon. You know, what what they did, and they, they both had long careers. Both were good in the postseason, especially Oral. And I thought he got kind of, uh, you know, kind of the short straw there, you know, when you look at his numbers. Now, you know, he did get hurt. And he missed the season with the shoulder thing. But, boy, he pitched a long time, and he was really successful. And the same could be said for Martinez. Yeah, I think uh, I think the the Hall of Fame would be a better place with both of those guys in. If you think about it, uh, you know, Dennis Martinez. I, I remember uh, walking into the clubhouse in Miami in in 2019 uh, when the when Cleveland was on the road down there, and uh, Presidente he just he just walked in and he owned the rooms. Like everybody, everybody was uh, smiling and and shaking his hand and walking up to him. It was like uh, he just sort of owned the place and. And Oral uh, Hershiser, you can listen to him do uh, do color commentary on the air. Uh, he does uh, Dodgers broadcasts. Uh, uh, he actually turned me down for an interview once uh, when I wanted to talk about the the home run he gave up to uh, Mark McGuire <laughs> that hit the uh, scoreboard uh, uh, at uh, Progressive Field. Uh, he actually just flat out turned me down on on a, an interview request for for that, but I won't hold that against him. I think uh, I think he's a, a Hall of Fame uh, worthy candidate right there. Uh, so maybe we'll see that down the road. Who knows? Yeah, and uh, McGuire dotted the eye on the Budweiser sign at Progressive Field with that home run. <laughs> and and Hershiser's uh, Hershiser's teammates gave him such a hard time about it that he uh, he didn't want to talk to me about it for a story that I was writing about the. Uh, about the home run. So uh, anyways, uh, let's move on. Uh, winter meetings are going on. Uh, no shortage of rumors and, uh, you know, possibilities out there right now. Uh, one of the big names that's being tossed around, Brian Reynolds, uh, Pittsburgh uh, says, Pittsburgh says that they have no intention of trading Brian Reynolds, but uh, Reynolds has requested a trade from the Pirates uh, who would be the teams that want to jump at this guy? And are the Guardians one of them? You know, I think the Guardians, you know, they I bet they've kicked the tires on, on Reynolds in years past, you know, and I think, uh, you know, they should, if they haven't already, you know, inquired about him, inquire about him right now. But other teams are involved too, Joe, the Rockies, the Braves, the Yankees. Yankees tried to get him at the trade deadline last year. So, uh, you know, this is a guy that's, to me, you know, you look at, uh, just from a Cleveland perspective, you look at his, uh, the the outfield now. The the Guardians finally have you know a solid outfield with uh, Quan and and Straw and and Oscar Gonzalez, and you've got bench guys. You've got George Valera coming, and uh, you know do you disturb that? And I think you know this is a center fielder that's average is 18 home runs a year over the, his four year career with the uh, 
with Pittsburgh. He's got three years of control left, counting uh, 2023. To me, he's the ideal candidate, Joe. I don't know if you want to put him in in center field and and disrupt st what Straw has done, you know, especially from a defensive standpoint. But to me, if you're looking to improve the offense, this is a guy you should you should talk about. Yeah, he would he would definitely give you a much more pop and and a, and a little more consistency than uh, than Straw gave you last season. Uh, but who knows if Straw is able to to you know produce a, a comeback season and and uh, you know earn that contract he got before last year. Uh, it, you know Reynolds is it, it's interesting if there's some sort of like uh, you know back and forth between him and the organization with the Pirates. Uh, if, if they're saying they don't want to trade him, is do you think that's just uh, blowing smoke or is that uh, do they, they really want to keep him? It, it really seems like anybody who who's any, of any value, uh, Pittsburgh just has no has traditionally had no problem parting ways with. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> I guess from a front office point of view, you know, do you want a, a player that's unhappy in in, in the clubhouse? And I don't think, you know, from what I've understand, Reynolds, you know, doesn't say a whole lot. You know, he's a pretty good guy. Uh, and this might be coming from his agent, you know, more than anybody. But yeah, I think he's grown weary of, uh, you know, losing. And uh, the Pirates have done a lot of that in the last several years. Um, but, you know, and, you know, just because a player requests a trade doesn't mean you're going to trade him. You know, so right. I think this is something you probably – you know, sit down and, you know, if if uh, you're Ben Sherrington, uh, the GM with the Pirates, you sit down, you you hash this out, you air it out, and then you go from there, you you know, and then then you make the decision whether we trade this guy or or if we can, uh, you know, mend this bridge and, uh, go you know, go forward because, you know, he's only he's making six million this or a little over six million for 2023. You know, they didn't get an extension done. You know, this this past or they haven't gotten a, a, an extension done. And maybe that's what's what's behind this whole thing. Yeah. And, you know, Pittsburgh does have uh, a, a couple of young, exciting, uh, you know, uh, hot young players. Uh, Kim Ryan Hayes, O'Neill Cruz, uh, the left side of their infield is. Uh, you know, really uh, fun to watch and, and uh, you know, a couple of real exciting young players. So, you know, maybe they try to build and maybe they keep Reynolds because they want to try and build like that. But, uh, you know, it, it, just, it, it always just seems like anytime a player comes into his own the way that Reynolds has, uh, he, he becomes, you know, more valuable to Pittsburgh as a, as a trade chip than, than anything else. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Speaking of trade chips, uh, the... Oakland Athletics rumored to be getting closer and closer to finding a deal for their catcher, Sean Murphy. Uh, the Atlanta Braves are reportedly out uh, in, in terms of uh, being in on a deal for Murphy. Uh, but that leaves several other clubs, including the Guardians, uh, sort of seeking uh, some sort of deal with Sean Murphy. Uh, what's the latest there uh, that, that you've heard? Have you heard or seen anything out there in San Diego? And when do you expect something to happen with Murphy? Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't know, Joe. I think there's been a lot of talk that something could get done by the end of the, the winter meetings. You know, I tend to believe that this could linger a, a while just because so many teams are interested, you know, and, and Oakland has to sort through the offers. Uh, but 
he, you know, he would certainly look good in a Cleveland uniform. They need a catcher. You know, they added a catcher. What uh, 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 Sunday morning, uh, a free agent, uh, Viola. Am I saying that name right? The last last it's, name. It's. Uh, I, I want to say it right before I. Uh, it's Mebris Villora. Villora, the, right? Yeah. We, we saw him with Kansas City. Uh, pretty good defensive catcher. They like his uh, plate discipline. Uh, but you know he's he's a he's a a depth guy to me, Joe. You they still need to go out and get a catcher. And Murphy was is certainly at the head of the class. You know Austin Hedges is still out there. Uh, so you know we'll, we'll see what happens. But you know what do you think it would take for Cleveland to get Murphy? So you're talking prospect capital. You're talking a, a package that you could put together. I think it will certainly include one of the top pitchers in the organization. Uh, prospect-wise, whether that's uh, Daniel Espino or Tanner Bibby or Logan Allen. I think uh, any one of those guys would be uh, somebody that they would ask on, but I don't think that, that Antonetti would be willing to to move on those those guys, even at Gavin Williams, who uh, who really sort of made a name for himself last season. Uh, those would be the, the four pitching names that I would, I would say you would probably ask for at least one of those guys. Uh, you probably ask for a George Valera or a Brian Rocchio uh, in, in terms of top uh, position players in exchange, uh, simply because of the control that you have over Murphy coming back. You've got three years of of, of arbitration control over him, and and you want uh, you know a big prospect return uh, in in terms of what you get back. I would say uh, probably either Valera. Uh, or Rocchio, or uh, you know, uh, somebody else. Maybe, uh, maybe a guy who's a little more major league ready, like uh, like a Gabriel Arias. Yeah, those those are good names right there, Joe. And I think it's you know it's going to hurt one way or the other. It's going <laughs> to hurt this farm system. You know, I I I I tend to look at you know both these kind of these projected deals either for Reynolds or or Murphy as kind of a, a Mike Clevenger deal in reverse you know it's going to you're going to the 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 guardians are going to you know kind of shake the the prospect tree and 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 wave goodbye to to you know some top guys there well and maybe you you try and move uh, a guy like a Juan Brito that you just picked up from uh right uh, uh Colorado and and maybe you you purposefully got him in, because he's he's attractive to uh, an Oakland or a, a team that's building in, in that regard. Uh, but yeah, like you said, it, don't expect this to be uh, an everybody wins sort of trade if it does go down with with uh, Cleveland and Oakland. Uh, this is going to be a, you know, you're you're getting your guy, but you're giving up uh, a, a whole lot on, on your end because you've got a lot to give up. Uh, the Guardians do have a very deep farm system and uh, a lot of major league ready guys that they're going to, if they don't trade away, they're going to have to try and find a place for, uh, you know, a guy like a Tyler Freeman is, is the perfect example. This is a guy who's ready to play in the big leagues next year. He's ready to play almost full time and the guardians don't have a spot for him as of right now. Yeah. You know, and they've got, they seem to have stockpiled all these, you know, infielders and, uh, you know, some outfielders as well. And you got, you know, sometimes, you know, the, the bill came comes due it eventually. And you have to, you know, either, you know, make a move to create space for a guy like Freeman or you have to move Freeman. So, you know, I think they're facing that situation in, in, with a number of players. 
What's your uh, what's your perfect uh, package right now in exchange for Murphy? Uh, Murphy straight up from from Oakland. Who are you giving up just to get him? Boy, that's that's a great question. I, I think you know Arius is a guy that that I think would would be included. I think uh, you've got to throw one of those pitchers in there. Maybe uh, um, you know uh, Logan Allen and um, and maybe Tyler you know Tyler Freeman. And uh, I don't, you know, and I don't know, Rokio probably that's that's too much if you put Rokio in there. But, you know, it, it's it's got to be along those lines, I think. I think uh, I think a guy like a Valera might be hands off because they want to see what he can do uh, at, at AAA before they, they make a decision on him uh, over over an extended period of time. I also think if you're get, if you're getting Sean Murphy, you might have to give up a catcher. So, uh, you know, the, the asking price might be Bo Naylor or uh, a little less uh, sort of uh, pain inducing would be uh, uh, Brian Lavastida, who's already made his debut. So the clock is ticking on him. Uh, you know, one or two, one or two of those guys uh, might be uh, in the ask. Uh, I would be uh, I, I would probably be comfortable, less comfortable moving Daniel Espino. I think uh, a, a Gavin Williams would be a, a high price to pay. Uh, he would probably be the uh, the headliner of that deal. Uh, and then, like you said, maybe Gavin Williams, Tyler Freeman, and uh, Lavastida uh, in, in exchange for Murphy, plus maybe, uh, you know, throw in a, a low minor league guy, uh, maybe an outfielder uh, to, to sort of, uh, you know, make things go a little. But, yeah, it, it's going to be a big package if it gets done uh, in terms of, uh, bringing Sean Murphy here, uh, it's a lot to give up. For sure, Joe. And uh, but that's what. Uh, hey, you know, if you, the the Guardians are close right now, you know they don't need a, a whole lot of help, but they do need a catcher. They do need some offense. You can, I think this. You add one or two players to this roster, and you, you know, you're ready to go. You're ready to defend the AL Central title. You're ready to, uh, you know, make another push into the postseason. I, I really believe that, and you, this is an opportunity. I don't think if you're if you're uh, Chris Antonetti or Mike Chernoff, you can't let this opportunity pass. You can't let a, a season like this pass. Right. Uh, speaking of opportunities, uh, Jacob Degrom uh, making headlines before the winter meeting started, uh, signing with Texas. Uh, I don't think anybody expected him to to leave uh, the Mets, but. Uh, he's out there. He's a uh, five years, one hundred and eighty some million dollars uh, to go pitch in Texas in that new ballpark. Uh, what do you make of the Degrom move uh, to to sign there in Texas, Joe? It, last year the Rangers spent what a half, a, almost a half billion dollar, a half million, well, almost what five hundred million dollars on mm-hmm. uh, you know on position players. Seager and and uh, Sim, Simeon, and uh, this year. You know, they go out and get DeGrom and, you know, if I'm, <laughs> I've got, if I'm the GM there, I'm sweating bullets. Listen, here, here's what DeGrom has done. And I, I, you know, he's a great pitcher, two-time Cy Young winner. When he's healthy, he's probably the best pitcher in baseball. But here's what he's done in the last three years. 12, 12 starts, 68 innings. 15 starts, 92 innings. 11 starts, 61 innings. Joe, I mean, if you're going to be a, a starting pitcher, if you're going to invest that much money in a guy, 
you, you've got to get 25 to 30 starts out of them a year. And, and I, I just think it, it I, I don't want to say it's madness because obviously, you know, uh, the, I guess the Rangers know what they're doing, but that that's a big, big gamble. They went out a long way on a limb here to me. Ah, come on. It's Texas. They got oil money down there, right? That, that's, that's uh, right. They, they, they can burn it up. No, I, I agree with you. I don't think you pay that much for that long for a pitcher who isn't going to give you 30 starts a year, or at least you, you don't expect to give you, you, you don't expect Jacob deGrom at this point in his career to go out there and give you 30 starts in a season. You, you're going to be happy with 20 to 25 starts. You're going to be over the moon with 20 to 25 starts out of DeGrom this year, and you're probably not going to get it. Uh, and and they're, they're, they've been very careful with him in New York, uh, and they've also sort of rushed him back at times uh, from some of these injuries. So uh, I, I don't know. I, I question the move as well, but, you know, hopefully it works out for them uh, better than it did when they uh, acquired Corey Kluber from uh, Cleveland. Uh, he pitches a few more innings than uh, than Kluber did down there. Uh, the problem is he's going to be toiling in futility in the American League West, where you've already got uh, Seattle and and Houston, uh, which are both loaded and look like uh, you know next year uh, is the, you know the moon is uh, is their goal. So uh, we'll uh, we'll see what what Texas if they can make any any waves down there. Uh, they, they weren't able to do so last year. Yeah, definitely. They're in a tough division. You know, the Astros won the World Series last last year or last season, and uh, they're primed to win it again this year. They've they've loaded up. They've added a Brayu, uh, and uh, they're they're looking to add more. So you know, that's that's a tough tough division, and Texas is going to have their work cut out for them. Where do you think Justin Verlander ends up? Uh, speaking of Houston, uh, he's he's been rumored everywhere from uh, Texas to. Uh, um, I believe that the Mets were meeting with him, uh, a bunch of other places. And, uh, and, and you had a, an interesting rumor on Carlos Rodon as well. Yeah. Carlos Rodon, uh, Baltimore is in on Rodon. Uh, you know, they, the Orioles just signed Kyle Gibson to a one-year deal. And, uh, Joe, the, uh, the band box that used to be called uh, Camden, Camden Yards has suddenly become a, a pitcher friendly, uh, a ballpark because you know they moved the left field wall back about I don't know 400 feet I think it's 300 feet really but I mean 30 feet basically but it, it seems like uh, 400 feet uh, to to all the hitters that are that are in there now but I think it's that's that's uh, helped um, that's you know that's that's enticed some pitchers to come to uh, to Baltimore and the, and they also have a great infield defense as well so you know they got Gibson. We'll see if where uh, Rodon, if they could get land Rodon as well. Yeah, it's uh, if Aaron Judge is flying out to the warning track out there, it's uh, it's a pretty deep left field. Uh, but like we said, Verlander, uh, you know, he he could be uh, in he could be in Los Angeles, he could be in New York. Who knows? Uh, I think uh, he's going to find a, a place that uh, he thinks is going to have a good chance of making it back to the World Series. Uh, because I think that's what he's all about right now is is writing his name in the history books uh, more than anything else. Uh, all right, that's going to wrap up uh, today's edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. We'll be back with more from uh, the winter meetings with Hoinsey, uh on Wednesday. We'll talk to you then. All right, Joe.